Welcome to the Open Up Cricket podcast. We're talking sport, fitness and mental health. Hello. As I record this, the news has come out that Alistair Cook has retired from Test Match Cricket and social media, the internet, anywhere you go in the cricket world is awash with tributes to a player who's got an incredibly enviable set of records for his country. Most Test Centuries runs and most capped for England. Within those uh, most Test runs, he's got an incredible five double hundreds and there's all kinds of stats that are around there about the amount of minutes he's batted and how far he managed to use his mental skills and ability to maximise what he had physically. And a lot of the tributes that have come out have really focused on that. Michael Vaughan said, no player has shown more mental strength. Kevin Peterson regards uh, Cook's best attribute was his mental strength when batting. And Mitchell Johnson also touches on this in saying he gave it all, for, gave his all for England and showed how to grind out an innings. Michael Atherton, just as a final one, said that Cook showed class and guts in the most unrelenting position of all. So we don't have to think too far about Alistair Cook before we start thinking about how he used his application and things in his in his head to succeed to such an extent and he's made his test debut back in March 2006 and his his final appearance for England will be in September this year so that's an incredible amount of time to have played test match cricket over and as Atherton says especially as an opening batsman with all the uh, the challenges that are associated with that one thing that I saw which I thought was quite interesting was the top 10 in the ICC rankings batsman at the time, Cook started his England career, and in in order they, it was Ponting, Callis, Dravid, Hayden, Ulhak, Lara, Khan, uh, Yunus Khan, Mohammad Yusuf, Truscothic, and Sewag. So a stellar list of class players there. And as Cook was in, uh, embarking out on his career, a lot of people did say that that, that tender age that he was at that he had the potential to be a, a fantastic player. But I don't think anyone would ever predict someone has a career like that where they appear in 160 tests and they score 3,200s. Now, what I'm interested in doing here is giving my perspective on what lessons we can learn for mental fitness and mental health from Alistair Cook. A lot of media characterizations of him have been around this idea that he's a very mentally strong person. But that's where the analysis tends to finish. There isn't much talk about, oh, well, what he did in this made him mentally fit or strong. We just seem to be acknowledging that he was because the results indicate that. Batting for those lengths of times and across all those years and in different conditions, he scored his um, maiden test 100 in India. He's, of course, scored many in England, but he's scored them down under in Australia, including that big double in the last... Um, Ashes series there. So here is someone who clearly does show attributes of someone being very mentally strong, but I'm just going to give my perspective on why and how he managed to develop that. Now, of course, the man himself may dispute some or indeed all of this, or you might listen to it and think, mm, I'm not sure. That's the kind of the idea of the podcast to get you thinking and perhaps then to to do a bit of reading or listening to something else and come up with a different idea. And as always, 
drop me a line, drop us a line to to say what you thought about it, if you've got any thing you disagree with, you disagree with, or something that might be worth considering along the line. But for me, I'm going to break it down to five things that I've observed that Cook has done. Well, some of these I noticed earlier in his career, and some, of course, as he's drawn his time to a conclusion, have now done some reflection and some research and seen actually these things also help with it as well. So the first one, one that is one of the essentials to anyone's mental health and fitness and if someone wants to thrive in any profession it's very very important to be able to press pause to be able to have some time away from work your occupation whatever the particular challenge is so that you give your mind and body time to rest and in fact you come back to it fresh and able to approach things with a more level perspective and for Alistair Cook his version of that pause for some it might be uh, yeah, might be your pause might be a game of cricket a break from your, your regular job it could be a run it could be watching film it could be anything but for him qu- quite uh, differently to most was actually uh, farm work or indeed I, th- I think still is farm work so cook would uh, retreat away from cricket in the time they had off and dedicate time to working on um the farm i think in bedfordshire and a quote from him to really highlight why that was important for him to be able to take take stock, to, to break away from the pressures of international cricket and return, is he said, I think farming does help my cricket in the way that I'm not lying on my sofa thinking, what's my technique doing here? So keeping on going round and round and round thinking about cricket, he's actually focused on something entirely different, giving his mind the opportunity to be focused on the tasks that are involved in in farming so he was always someone that i would have looked at in years past and thought this is someone who has a really clear idea about how to maintain good mental fitness and good mental health in that he builds in time to have a complete separation from what it is that he's doing for a living that doesn't mean that he's completely switched off i'm sure when he's out there on the farm doing his tasks that his mind would drift to things but that's not a sign that you've not switched off your mind naturally drifts off in all kinds of different directions the skill is to then be able to return it to something else that happens within meditation your mind will drift off to thinking about what's happening outside of your moment but the skill is then just to try and orientate it back towards what you're meant to be focusing on. So Alistair Cook will be a great example of someone who knew the importance or knows the importance. He's still going to be playing for Essex next year, who knows the importance of pause as a very, very crucial part of mental fitness. Something else in there which we look at with mental health and probably this area that I'm about to mention is something that people tend to associate with illness and, and and problems that might occur but like we try to campaign mental health is about your fitness and your your ability to thrive as much as it is to look after yourself and others who who need assistance cook had at the center of his development in his his batting career a mentor someone that he would notify someone he would speak to about problems, he would get advice on his technique, or even just someone there as, a, as, a, as an ear to listen. Now, it helped for him that this was Graham Gooch, a, a great of English cricket, 
But that's something we all can learn and we could all look at and think, is there someone or, or some people that we do share our ideas with or our anxieties perhaps more to the point? I've mentioned in other podcasts the example of Richmond in the Australian Football League who embraced this idea of vulnerability and exposing the insecurities and the the concerns they had to then be able to build a stronger team by understanding each other more. And Cook, in a profession, a test match opening batsman, a fairly exclusive club, in that area of work, it is pretty solitary. You will have a batting partner, but when you're facing six balls from Mitchell Johnson bowling it around your ears or Shane Warne doing all kinds with it, then that is something where you do you do have a period of isolation so to make use of someone external to that in your preparation and your recovery from these kind of things is really important so he used gooch and he was often gooch was often mentioned in the same breath as cook when cook was coming through and cook was making a a name for himself and gooch's influence clearly rubbed off on him gooch came up with this phrase that was used around the England team at a particular point of daddy hundreds rather than just getting a hundred runs it would be actually to make that into big 150 180 and more and Cook's a fantastic example of that with his five double hundreds lots of big scores there at the top of the innings so he was really good in what we would say in the opening up ways to well-being where we've got the mnemonic that's on the website that has a letter for each of them an n is notify others keep in contact with people and Cook surely saw the benefit of having Gooch and indeed other people around him to be able to help with that. The one which is perhaps the most impressive from Alistair Cook and one which might be the the one which people spend their whole life working on is his ability to understand himself and as a result at least on from from our perspective as supporters, but backed up by what people say about him, people who've played with him and against him, to be able to be very emotionally level. So the pause and the notifying of us are things that we, we can definitely quite easily um, add into our lives and work on and refine and see what works for us. But the understanding yourself bit is a very tough thing for people to master. No reason why that should put us off, though. And for Cook, you can see this in a couple of different ways. You look at other batsmen, and actually some of those batsmen that I mentioned in the world's top ten at the time when he broke into international cricket, you'd have, say, Ricky Ponting and Brian Lara, Verinda Sewag, for example. Guys that could score big runs all the way around the wicket, very inventive, strong, powerful players who'd be able to hit maximums and take the attack to bowlers. Now, that's something that, as a cricket player, everyone would love to be able to do. We'd all like to be able to be the one who can put the ball over the ropes at will and be able to intimidate bowlers rather than the other way around. But Cook, throughout his time as England's opening batsman, and within his 160 tests, he also holds a record for the most tests in a row, around 150, if if I read it correctly. But his shot selection was based around what worked best for him. Cook was, or is, very good at a cut shot, very good at pushing off his legs. That's not to say he can't play other shots. And he can certainly go through the gears in in other circumstances, but Cook's career was built upon a very clear understanding of what he could do and what he wanted to do and what was the right thing to do. So he left the ball well. 
He made sure he played a shot and punished a bad ball, but was happy to wait. That, of course, is not everyone's game. But for Cook, that ability to understand his game and not be pushed into uh, a different way of doing things, very, very rare. In fact, this is just anecdotal, but can anyone remember a time where Cook appeared to get out because he was flustered? It would seem to be, perhaps, batsmen get out for lots of different ways, mental or physical, but for Cook it would it would generally be something where we wouldn't be looking back and thinking, oh, he's tried to heave him over cow or whatever it would be. Very much a player who knew what he was doing and knew what his limits and what his his abilities were. He incidentally puts down that that ability of being able to of understanding himself and knowing which shots to play and, and his incredible powers of concentration to his uh, school choir practice where they would spend hours rehearsing having to get it right having to make sure that the different elements of the hymns would be done correctly and he had to have this great focus on the words and the chords now even cook saying that is a great example of him understanding himself being able to look at his ability, be honest enough to to see that one of his great strengths is his concentration. So not no false modesty, recognising his strength, but then being able to look within himself and, and see where that came from. So a great self-awareness to help him understand himself. And what Cook built his career upon, his England career on, was this ability to stay emotionally level. There's two YouTube clips that I'd recommend you watching. Pretty short. One is his Maiden 100, so Alistair Cook, Maiden Test 100, whatever you'd put into YouTube. Just a 30-second clip or so. And it shows him, cut the ball for four, goes over, and how he celebrates the 100 is really, really interesting. He looks happy, of course he does, it's an amazing moment. But there's nothing too pumped, too over the top. He looks like he's pretty relieved, he's happy, but then you get the feeling that he doesn't see that as an end, it's just something that he's been aiming for, he's happy, he can celebrate that success at at the right point, but then kick on. Just the same as at the end when he's um, had his 244 not out against the Aussies in the last Ashes series, all the Australian players are going over to him to shake his hand at the, the end of the day's play. And his approach, his body language, his manner is pretty much the same as it was in that first test. He looks quietly satisfied with it. He takes the, um, the the appreciation of those people around him or the, the acknowledgement of what he's done very humbly. And then there's just this, this feeling you get when you see him that he's not getting carried away. Um, so, yeah, that being emotionally level, being able to understand himself and know what shots he could play and what shots were appropriate, real hallmark of him. And we can take that into mental health in general, knowing what, makes us feel good knowing what makes us feel bad Uh, a lot of time people would talk about injections and leakages what is there which you can put into yourself not necessarily literally that makes you feel better it might be exercise it might be certain foods it might be company it might be whatever you like but what things then maybe leak and get rid of good feelings and make you feel bad so it could be drinking too much alcohol it might be not having enough contact with people it could be eating the wrong kinds of food so the way cook understood himself as a cricketer can be a clear classic example for us about how we understand ourselves just as as human beings um 
Mike Rotherham, who's the England women's cricket sports psychologist, talks a lot about work that they would do with players around uh, things which are derailers. So whether that's in a game or in training or, or more broadly, what happens that will push you off course? So you're all clearly set up to try and achieve something. What is it that prevents you from doing that? If you put the preparation in, what is it that then maybe knocks you off course? Can you understand that in yourself, that those things might annoy you? Say, an umpire frustrates you or you start playing and missing. Is that chipping away at what you've been trying to achieve? So, Cook, you would think someone who clearly understood his own game would be someone pretty level in the other areas of his life to be able to acknowledge what worked and what didn't work for him. And something which was a fascinating insight is the penultimate thing I'm going to talk about was... Sky Sports had a, a, I think it was called Mind Games series or, or something to that effect, um, recently talking about the mental side of cricket. Really fascinating, loads of brilliant stuff from players past and present. Within that, Cook was um, heard to say that he would use the process of journaling. So building on the understanding of himself, he said that um, he would write down the night before a game what he wanted to achieve and how he was going to do it. So clear planning making sure he's prepared so there's nothing left to chance. So he knows what he's doing, so he's got it clear in his mind. Then on the morning of that match, if he was starting to feel nervous, and this is, of course, a human instinct. This is a man who's scored thousands and thousands and thousands of runs for England but would still get nervous the day of a game. He would then read that particular page or a couple of pages on what he wanted to do to reassure himself that he is prepared, that he does know what to do. Now, we talk about journaling and the idea of gratitude and recording what you are grateful for and, and so on. This is an extension of that. This is a more performance tool. But it does build very much in a practical way on that idea of him being able to understand himself and say, well, I'm going into this game. These are my objectives. This is how I'll achieve it. It's very easy, whether it's in sport or otherwise, if you don't know what exactly it is you're doing, to not then be able to find your direction because you don't have, if you like, the postcode in the sat-nav to be able to find your destination. Whereas if Cook or, or yourself or whoever is saying, well, I want to achieve this and this is how I'm going to do it, that can relieve some anxieties about what it is you're trying to achieve. And the final one, which... Uh, it really rounds him off as a as a as a as a role model i think in terms of his approach to to cricket and and as a result to his mental health is how cook used exercise as a key to his longevity and his physical um abilities in cricket on the ecb website there's plenty of videos if you you search these on on google about the uh, the yo-yo test which for those people of a certain age who went to school in the 1990s early 2000s it's a version of the bleep test this sort of dreaded bleep test um some people say the yo-yo test is is harder than it but alistair cook is 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 referred to on the ecb's website as the undefeated champion of that so whenever they bought that in as a fitness measurement cook won it and never let go of that title and he wouldn't be the first person you'd look at and think he would be the fittest in that way in the team but keaton jennings who would have come up against him in this competition much more recently in the uh, autumn or winter indeed of cook's career said the way he goes about his training and keeping himself fit shows in the periods of time he can bat for. So Cook's 
physical fitness transfers then into his mental fitness. Sorry, his mental fitness. No, physical fitness transfers into his mental fitness. Well, the two go um, back and forth. That's probably why I was getting a bit confused there. So for, for Cook, that focus on being physically fit not only gives him... You know, the boost of serotonin makes him feel good. Also means he's able to train his mind to be able to focus when things aren't going ideally. The end of that yo-yo test, I think his latest one that they were showing, he was up against Johnny Bairstow, who was determined to beat him, and he was keeping going. That kind of that that kind of mental challenge would be something which is a way of training for the mental challenge of a test match with four or five bowlers of differing speeds and 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 techniques and and use of how they use the uh, how they bowl all these things are just preparing him and of course the physical fitness is directly transferable to then being able to run between the wickets turn ones into twos and so on but that cook but cook's um commitment and discipline in terms of physical exercise then will have overlapped and, and improved his is is mental discipline as well. So for Alistair Cook, the lessons that we can learn there, uh, just from my surmising of it, are are huge. This is someone who, as well, I would would say from what has been said in the tributes to him, is someone who was a a nice person, someone who was a, a teammate that people valued as a friend, who I can imagine, and this is not backed by any, anything that's um, that's that's researched or is is attributed to anyone, but I would imagine even when um, times where his captaincy might not have been to everyone's cup of tea, you'd still have someone who's a decent person who would then be promoting through the, the empathy with others a, a good, supportive, collaborative environment, which is good for mental health as well. So... Overall, though, I think we look at Cook as the the master batsman, the one of the greats, the person who scored more runs for his country than anyone else. Someone who, in such a trying position in the order, as as Atherton says, as I mentioned at the beginning, he showed class and guts in the most unrelenting position of all, and that it I think is a slight um, understatement in a lot of ways. His class. Um, was was clear for all to see and his guts perhaps we'll never really know because we can't get right inside his head but he certainly made his longevity his ability to score those runs to grind out big scores and still be a international cricket player a good 12 years after his debut really is testament to how this guy approached things his physical fitness as well as his mental fitness that's all from me. Please do get in touch if you've got any comments, things to share, things to dispute, whatever it be. For now, though, goodbye.